Welcome to the Theatre of Others podcast. My name is Adam Marple, and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and re-evaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. We believe space is psychology, and it informs the way in which an audience interacts and reacts to what is presented to them. We create uniquely theatrical events in bespoke sensory performance spaces crafted to encourage curiosity and grant the audience permission to commune with the play. Now that that space has moved online, how can we encourage interaction and action amongst an audience virtually? The Theatre Brothers produces plays that both welcome and challenge the audience. We are committed to international collaboration and are a laboratory that helps artists grow through intensive study of their craft. The Theatre Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task, and it requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? On the podcast today from Melbourne, Australia, our co-artistic directors, Woody Miller, and myself in Cairo, Egypt. This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Adam. Hey, Booty. How you going? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I have really big chi chis. You have, yes, you have a lot of energy this morning. I have so much energy. <laughs> it is yeah, you're- 8 o'clock in the morning, and I feel great, everyone. <laughs> yeah. it's Your day is beginning, and my day is ending. It's 8 o'clock for you. It's 11.15 for me. 11.15 p.m. for me. Womp, yeah. womp, womp, p.m. <laughs> I like, yeah. I totally like, because look, now that we're like, um, recording the video too. I, I, I'm making sure that they can see my nails, and I'm wearing and I'm wearing my special gloves. Do you like my gloves? Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Like, what's are you are you going biking after this? Like, what's... no, I'm just it's high fashion, Adam. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's so yeah. like the the it only has like uh, thumbs, and there's no fingertips, and there's. So they're useless gloves. It's called it's called German fashion. Oh, okay. So maybe it's a little again, bit of, useless gloves. Maybe, maybe it's a what? no, no, because they're that's really they're, cool. So um, they are useless gloves. No, they, they serve no purpose as a glove. They, they serve purpose of, as fashion. Look, look, if I put on my no, if I put on my hoodie. Look at this. 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 If I put on my hoodie, if I have a long sleeve, it looks like I have leather sleeves underneath the long sleeve. See how that works? And then the really cute zipper here on the thumb. Fashion. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Adam... I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not denying fashion. I'm just saying, literally, that they're not serving their purposes as a glove anymore. Yes, they are. They're serving the purpose as a glove for me. 
fashion. A glove is supposed to cover the fingers to keep the hands warm or to keep your fingerprints off of crime scenes. And there's nothing that those gloves can do to keep your hands warm or keep your fingerprints off of crime scenes. I'm just saying. Uh, these gloves. These are these are my COVID gloves. I got them during COVID. Okay, so we're going to say it's like you're calling them COVID gloves. I'm sure those are transmitting all kinds of things to them because it's just open skin and a little bit of leather around the thumb. It's it's because it's, I need to see my fingers and my nails. Okay. Like I'm, when you wear gloves, fine. when you wear yes. gloves, they cover your fingers. Yes. And so then you can't see the rings. You can't see the nails. So why wear gloves then? Because it's fashion. I feel like that's just a, that's just an excuse. That's just a term that everybody is just using to just cover up whatever. I think you should be allowed to cover it's up fashion. whatever you want to. Sure, of course. But you just don't you just don't call them gloves. I I, I disagree. Just don't call them gloves. Exactly. You're that's a purist. What I'm saying. Yeah, You're a purist. All right. <laughs> You're apparently a postmodernist. I don't know. I'm what's a post modernist. <laughs> I'm a postmodernista. Yes, you're you're more interested in the in the uh, the parts than the whole. Yes, I'm just really sad that I I want to sing a song, but you will you take it to bed. That's not fair. I was singing such a wonderful song. No, you weren't. It was was a wonderful (laughs) song. No singing after six p.m. in this household. (laughs) No wonder you're such a miserable human being. You don't sing past six. I, I'm a I'm a person that sleeps. I'm, that's not I'm not miserable at all. <laughs> you don't sing past who doesn't sing past six? Me and my wife. That, oh, you, uh, <laughs> you make your wife not sing past six. She doesn't sing anyway. Is that why you married her? <laughs> no. Every once in a while, she'll sing. It's more, but it's more like a, it's not really singing. It's more just like kind of yelling. <laughs> so she's, so she's like, she'll, 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 she'll yell a song every once in a while. Like very what? passionately. Oh, yell she'll it. Just very passionately, just very passionately yell a song in Spanish and just come out like, like, like a music video, just passionately, just emoting toward me. Okay. <laughs> and you have the same look on your face that you always have. Please stop singing. Please. Yes, pretty much. Please. Please yes. stop singing. Yes. <laughs> but Adam, <laughs> the world needs music. The world needs a song. Okay, great. Some Philip Glass or some Steve Reich. Or, Can you uh, sing Philip Glass? For about 18 minutes. Yep, just that. Perfect. One, beautiful. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Gorgeous. Beautiful. It's amazing. Wow. Wow. So what did you what did you do? Oh wait. Am I about to were you born in the eighties? I was born in eighty. Oh, so I guess you didn't get your '80s mixtape. I got. I had, we had. We did mixtapes. Yeah, we used to. We used to record. We didn't. You know, we would record it from the radio. That's when you could put your. 
you could record the tape from the radio, take the thing, flip it over, keep it going, request the song on the radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's. Oh, my God. Re- request the song on the radio so you can record it. Oh, and you would And God. you would wait up for so long just to hear that one song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Yeah. I think... I think the listeners, we need to hear from you because I just What's realized something. <laughs> they don't know what a cassette tape have, is. I have the most brilliant idea. Would you all be interested in the Ask Jack show? <laughs> Would you all be interested in the Ask Jack show? Oh, ass Jack. <laughs> Jack's ass not interested. Booty. <laughs> In the ass booty Jack show. Ass Jack's booty show. <laughs> no, none of that. Okay, none so here's that. The, here are the concepts. Here are the concepts. Jack is a Gen Z, right? Yes. And I am a baby boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. You're a bitch. <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Yes. And Adam is a millennial. Just barely, but yes. You're a millennial, bitch. Nice try. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were born in 1980? Yep. You're the same age as my sister. Okay. You and me, I were born She's in 80. millennial, 80. too. Yeah. I know you're both millennials. Okay, so this is this is this is the show, y'all. This is the show. It's called Ass Jack, Ass Booty, and Adam will have different <laughs> questions from the Gen X generation and the Gen Z generation, and Jack and I will compete for points on who gets it right. Now, the thing that's interesting Adam about this show. Well, Adam, the, Adam, you're Adam's asking the questions. Adam, better get it right. I'm the refer. I'm the referee. I'm the referee. Adam's referee. Adam's the referee. <laughs> and and the thing about the show that's so great is Jack knows nothing. He knows nothing about anything that happened before 2000. And I know nothing about anything that's happened. After 2010. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but the, the, and the other part is we can steal points. If I know an answer that Jack doesn't know, I can give the answer. And Jack is not allowed to Google. And booty has has to actually get it right, not to, not the approximation of it, not the not the not the general category or genre. He actually ha- has to get it right. That's wait that's, a minute. He, so hold on, hold on. I'm I adding there's that. Some, there's some shade in there. I think you just do some. I mean, you no, just added no, some no. shade. You just do some shade in there. I did add a, just a little bit of shade because Jack needs Google, <laughs> and you like. Oh no, I, no, no. I know what it is. It's 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 uh it's the thing with it's it's the it's the you know the guy, the thing with the guy. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So you're saying Jack needs Google and Booty needs facts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we need to hear from you, listeners. We need to hear. Would you be interested in watching a game show? 
between Jack Bumister and Rudy Miller. Gen Z against Gen X. With Millennial in the Middle. Millennial in the Middle, where he at? In the Middle. Millennial in the Middle, where he at? In the Middle. Adam Marple. Judging us, which is what he does best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was born for this. This is great. Yeah, see, you get to judge us. You get to judge. And maybe, and maybe, oh, oh, it could be like, it could be like, it could be like an evening talk show. And we, and Steven could be your, Galtney could be your sidekick and he can giggle every now and then. Yeah, he can be my Ed McMahon. Off of the he could be your Ed McMahon. Galtney could be Mr. Yeah, Giggles. My Andy Richter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There it is. That's a show, y'all. That's a show. Would you watch that? I know I'd watch that because um, I'm so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Jack is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you don't think that's a good idea, Adam? You have, a, you have this it's, look. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's fine. It's great. It's, that sounds like a lot of research on my part, but yeah, okay, sure. It's stuff you're doing already. <laughs> it's stuff you're doing already. Put it to work. All right. All right. I'm really, I'm really warm now with this this jumper. I've got to go back to my. Oh, my you may, maybe my you should take off the gloves. Your hands might get sweaty. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's why well, you ha- only, that's only why half, there's no only half of them. Yeah, that's right. Why? That's why there's sweaty. no fingers, so you can stay cool. Right. Don't I look cool? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's fashion. So, is that is that the point to look cool? Yeah, well, fashion. Fa- this is the thing. Clothes. What would a man be? What would any man be without his clothes? As soon as one stops and realizes and thinks over. <laughs> is, this, is this your voice teacher again? Do you remember the clothes exercise? Where like the, 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 the students had to learn, they had to learn. No, no, it, it, it was my students. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're laughing right now when they hear this. It was when they were learning phonetics, when they were learning how to like read really um, uh, narrow f- uh, phonetic transcriptions um, with diacritics and everything, and and it was like, and it was just all phonetics, and they had to pronounce it, and then they would figure out that it was the Mark Twain uh, clothes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Limerick. <laughs> what? Because they would be like, what would a man be? What would any man be? No, no, no. It's what would a man be? What would any man be without his clothes? <laughs> all, I, all I remember is if if there was one of your voice classes before my class, like in the very beginning of the semester, and I was trying to learn their names, they were telling me the names that they had gotten wrong of their pronunciation of their names. Oh, yeah. And for like three or four weeks, that's, that's what I would call them. Yeah. Like yeah. Terrence. Terrence introduced himself as Terrence. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Terrence. My and I favorite, called him Terrence for three weeks. It's my like, favorite was, just, I, was Finn. He transcribed his name as Fung. And he's been Fung ever since. <laughs> I refuse to call him Finn. Hi, Finn. Hi, Fung. <laughs> so, 
that's that's the thing about being an actor. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah, you gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. You gotta know how to transcribe them. You gotta know when to walk away. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> keep keep going. Keep going. Yeah, and so what happens in the studio space <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. when you're trying to um, learn a role and how someone speaks, you have to have a clear image. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes that image yeah. might be phonetic. What? Uh-huh. When? Why? 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 Or it could be a gesture. Uh-huh. Or strike uh-huh. a pose. Yes. Put energy in the gesture. Or it could be a sound like we represent the lollipop kids, the lollipop kids, the lollipop kids. We represent the lollipop kids and we wish to welcome you to Munchkin Land or Guild. It could be Guild. Oh no! Lollipop Guild. I thought they were Lollipop Kids. Lollipop Guild. Kids. See there. There we go. Guild. This is this is you getting this is you getting the answers wrong. This is you getting the answers wrong, and me being the referee telling you what the answer is, and you not getting the point, and me stealing it from you. <laughs> oh ooh, yeah. The judge can steal points too. Yeah, so the so the game is all about stealing points, and 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 Stephen Gottlieb giggling at us. <laughs> there we go. That sounds that sounds about right. That sounds like a rehearsal, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically, Adam always wins. And then it That's can right. be an image you see, mm-hmm. something you see. You can incorporate an image, like an. A sunflower, for example. Like now, I'm incorporating a sunflower as I talk to you in your judgmental natures. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What? Did what? I just segue? I mean, you, you, you were working on it for a while, but yeah, yeah, I think you got there. Oh my God. I think I just segued. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at this. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are we talking about today, Adam? <laughs> and apparently we're talking about phonetics and sound. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the actor's image. Mm. Is that what we're talking about? Part one. Oh, part one. Okay. Yeah. The okay. actor's image part one. 
Okay, I feel like okay, I feel like we'll get started, and then there'll be more to say. As always, that's we we come back week after week. We just <laughs> keep talking. So yes, there's just more to say, y'all. There's just more to say. So the actor's image. Mm. Hmm. What would you What would you define the actor's image as? Well, this is your work. I mean, this is like mm. this is directly your work. So, like, mm. this is the, I've learned more about the actor's image working alongside you, being in the room with you as you're teaching or coaching as an actor yourself than I ever did as an actor myself when I was acting. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We didn't, because it wasn't, um, we didn't use images. I wasn't trained yeah. uh, to use image as an actor. I was trained to use circumstance, to use uh, the text, to draw from that situation and character and things like that. But I never actually had to deal with image. It wasn't until I maybe came, came across uh, working in... Uh, the Grotowski way at the, at the work center that we started to have image. And it was very, very difficult for me for a long time to tie that to the movement that I was doing. And it was also, it wasn't until I was doing viewpoints that I started to kind of play with image. But again, it's still not, it's still not the first thing that I jumped to as a, when I think about acting myself. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's that? Your colostomy bag full? What is going on over there? Sorry, I didn't. I was trying to. I was trying to be like. I was trying to be like. Just make the sound while he's talking, and Jack can delete that. <laughs> I needed an antihistamine. I was about to like sneeze and cough and lose everything. Like an old woman at a theater trying to get her sweet out before the play had begun. <laughs> the audience was looking like, "Bitch, unwrap that shit! What are you doing?" <laughs> and that is beautiful. That's a beautiful uh, introduction into what an actor's image does. That was sound, right? That was an image, right? Yeah. And yeah. you had a clear image. You're like, "Is this like an old lady? Like, what is that? What is that sound?" And it was creating what? It was creating behavior in you, right? It was creating behavior yeah. in yes. you because yes. that's what we're interested in. Was, we're yes. interested in, yeah. in what creates behavior in us as human beings, and because that's the only thing that we want to see when we're on stage. When we're on stage, we want to go from behavior to behavior to behavior to behavior. And what the actor does mm. is they're able to incorporate the behavior and and channel it through character and language Hmm. yeah and communicate through the playwrights screenwriters ideas put their body in those spaces now if Hmm. you just say the words saying the words is another image it's like you can always tell when um an actor is for example is doing a monologue and they're not living through uh images that are creating behavior Hmm. You can actually see the page. You can see the words on the page when they're speaking. You can always tell when you're watching an actor perform when the monologue is coming because their eyes get this like glaze 
because they mm-hmm. see the whole page of the monologue. That becomes the right. image and you can, of what they're seeing. You can see the yeah, you can see the indentation, you can see the block of the like they are reliving what the what it looks like on the page. Yes, I I know that look very very well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's an image. But is that the image of the character or is that the image of the page? And you can often tell when and I often I often say, you know, the 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 character still belongs to the playwright. It's not yours yet. It's yeah. not your body yet. And and one of the thing and one of the things about the actor's image for me, it it really helps me as a dyslexic because when I look at the words on a page, I see black and white. I see symbols. I don't I don't think in words. I think in images. And I operate mm-hmm. in images. So the key is to allow yourself to take the time to play and be in your imagination and have different ways of getting into your your body and your imagination um, so those images come alive. And also having a arsenal of images that you collect throughout your life as an artist. You may not know what that image is going to do for you in the future, but you know that it creates behavior in you. So an actor's image is something that is an image that creates behavior. So if it's not creating behavior in you, it's a thought. What do you do? Because I'm dealing with this right now with a student that I have. I said, they said this in the class the other day, and I kind of, I didn't dismiss it because I never want to dismiss what a student says, but I didn't quite give it the weight that I probably should have, and I'm, I'm going to think about doing this going forward. This is my viewpoints class, and when we are when we are preparing, when we are trying to get into SOS, we're trying to get into the the body to be prepared to go into the work. I kind of talk them through and get them in, you know, I, I do not, I don't necessarily do image work, but to give them an idea of, you know, imagine a golden crown on your head, lifting you up, not weighing you down, a string pulling from the top of your head, roots from your feet, you know, just kind of those kind of things to help them think about their, their body and their placement in space. And a student said after, after we had done it, that she can't ever imagine those things. And when we were doing some space exercises or some shape exercises, she, she can't see those things in her mind. She said, and she said, I don't have an imagination, which, okay. Is untrue. Everybody has an imagination. It's untrue, exactly. We know, that's, we know that's not the case. But she believes that she doesn't have an imagination. She's not seeing those things. So how do you work with a student to get past that? perceived or censored or hidden locked away part that they might not be tapping into. I think the first thing you have to remember is that the actor's imagination and the actor's image is one that creates behavior. There's all kinds of things that create behavior like we like we witnessed earlier on. It's a sound. It creates an image. It's the old lady in the. It's the old lady in the in the back of, <laughs> behind you trying to get the candies out before. Yeah. 
right? So mm-hmm. you can work with sound. Maybe not work with music, but actually open their open their imagination up to sound. Imagine you hear uh, uh, water outside the room. <coughs> Imagine you hear water hitting your head. You can hear the birds. Wind. You can hear the wind blowing by. Uh, it's also a gesture in the body as well. You can work with. You can maybe incorporate gesture, um, and see how they respond to gesture. Uh, you can work with taste. Imagine. I mean, work with that. Work with like. You can taste. You can. You can taste um, something and see how that affects your space. How does how does taste affect your space? How does taste affect your emotions? Um, um, smell, right? And then you can figure out what parts of their body are strongest in that world. Because you can do a whole uh, monologue, uh, a, uh, a whole thing where you many have dirt in your mouth. Oh. What a rogue and peasant slave am I? Ugh. Ugh. So it already, it already creates, so that, so that you're training the, the actor to, to be more interested in, in the behavior and the body's response to behavior and the body response to the image, images that the actor's images that you're working with. Because I always tell the actors that image, when, I, when we talk about images, we're talking about actors' images. We're not talking about things that you, only things that you see. It's whatever activates your senses. Yeah. And if 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 she's not if they're not visual, try a different sense. Yeah. She's they, they don't well, I don't know, but they probably aren't one of those people that don't have any senses. You know, that's a condition where people no, can't no, feel, yeah. right? <clears throat> but she's but she's but she's clearly she's not a visual Learner, or she's not visually yeah. dominated in in how she's processing information, and and I need to yeah I need to figure out or uh, I need to I need to provide and I do uh, different ways of taking in the training. So obviously it is kinesthetic. The work is kinesthetic and auditory. There's not any kind of read write, but story might work better for her. Yeah, because there's, that's there's the all thing. kinds of different ways. Because yeah. there, I have I have some um, students who, uh, when we get into text, they just fly, like yeah. they feel like they they're aliens throughout the entire process, and then all of a sudden we get into text, and images are flying all over the place for them, and clarity is all over the place for them. Yeah, you know their brains work exactly opposite to the way my brain works. And so, yeah. and 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 the the challenge for students is they they feel like oh there's something wrong with me, and you have to sink and say no that you celebrate that like that's that's amazing, wow, that's really amazing, you know, and then you sink into oh that's how my body works. Okay, cool. So now I know what to do for when I get get to work because everyone works differently, you know. Yeah. 
So how would you do that? If you were going to have class after this podcast, if you're going right into class, how would you, what would be your, your next lesson? Well, we're moving into space relationship. So we're dealing with, we're dealing with space next. We're dealing with the bodies in space, and I already know that visuals, visual cues and visual, visual images are not going to work for her. So uh, I might, she seems like she is a very, she comes across as a very analytical person. I might try uh, a more analytical approach to space relationship in terms of distance, in terms of like a mathematical measurement. Mm-hmm. I might have her. I might have her measure that in her body. I might have her try to measure that actually on the floor, not in a not in an imagistic way, but in, as an actual try to you know how many feet in between you and this other person, how many meters between you and that wall. Mm. I might try that. That's good. That's really good. We did. We had. We were playing with time last week, and she was having a hard time. No pun intended. She's having a hard time. Um, <laughs> as, as they all tend to do, they try to do time instead of feeling time. And I had them just walk in a line, just walk on a straight line, just choose an arbitrary number, 18. And that's the steps that you have to take. And as soon as you finish the, your 18th step, you turn and you go the other direction. So you start to feel it in your body, the time. She seemed to, she seemed to respond to that really well. So um, that's that may be it. She may be more of an analytical mind, and this these images are too hooey hooey for her, too fluffy in the world for her brain. I think also with time, you can even you can even get them to feel their heartbeat. That's often one of the hardest things in the world for them to even notice the rhythm of their own heart. Yeah. And then notice how long it takes for them to actually note to experience the rhythm of their heart. And so then that takes them into a really strong kinesthetic space. And then you can branch into that, that, the movement through time. So then you could say, okay... When you are feeling your heart beating in your chest, that's the temple of your life. However, and, be, and, and go abstract with that. That's the temple of your life, whatever that means, in that, the way you feel right now. Now you have 18 steps to get to that spot. Go from this tempo of your life and they may be going from the actual rhythm of the heart they can be going from the sense of the heart they can go from how long it took them to come in contact with their heart but what it's doing is it's forcing them to really be inside of themselves and understanding the navigation that has to happen through the body when moving through space and performing it's the awareness that we're looking for right Mm. So that's how you can train awareness. 
because people can be so squeezed tightly inside of their frontal lobe that they don't even know what their heart feels like, the rhythm of their heart feels like, the experience of the rhythm of their heart feeling like. I mean, like, I remember, oh my God, I, I was so surprised. I, I, was wor- I was working with a doctor and she was like a famous doctor. She, you know, like a researcher and understanding the body and, and she could not feel her heartbeat. She could not feel the movement of her ribs. And they were mo- like they were actually moving, and she couldn't feel it. Yeesh. And I was like, "How could you be a doc? How how could you be a doctor?" Well, that, that goes mm-hmm. in, that goes into a whole nother discussion where there's a difference between a doctor and a healer. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Some doctors are healers, and some doctors are architects. This reminds me. This this reminds me just just very quickly, uh, listening back to the the Brian Eno Rick Rubin conversation. Brian Eno says some artists are farmers, and some artists are explorers. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with being a farmer and tilling that field, and waiting patiently for it to grow, and doing the same thing over and over again. And there's no. There's no, uh, there's nothing wrong with being an explorer and constantly changing and doing something different. It's just understanding who you are, a farmer or an explorer. Yeah. Some doctors are healers and some doctors are architects. And some actors work with images they see and some actors work with images they, they feel or sense or hear or taste. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. all different. And I think that's what's so fun about what we do as teachers is, is discovering what gets people moving. You know, yeah. what gets them inspired? It would be so boring if everyone worked the same way. <laughs> I would be so bored. I would be so bored. <laughs> it's the exciting thing is like, how are they going to respond to this? How are they going to respond to that? <laughs> I think, I think we should take a break and then come back and talk about, I think we're, t- we're going into like, training world training the actor's image so let's let's take a break and talk about more ways of training the actor's image yeah yeah okay i'm interested about this so uh let's take it away is is jack taking it away or is purple planet taking it away it's it's a mystery last last week one time purple planet took it away and then another time jack took it away let's see what happens this week who knows is Jakina coming on full effect, or is it going to be a tease? Is, is Jakina going to tease us? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are, whomever you are, wherever you Take are. Take it away. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. Thank you, whomever you were. <laughs> Purple Planet, Jakina, Jack, Mister. <laughs> so we're back, and now we're um, 
talking about ways, exercises, training the actor's image. Yes. I I have a a really uh strong way of training the actor's image and, and it's and, and not many people have this ability because they don't have the masks. Mm. Right? Yeah. So when you work with masks, you're training that actor's image. Yeah. <laughs> because what happens is And this and this is what I'm saying. Like this is this is how I know it. This I've watched you do it with with actors before. I've been in the room when this has happened. So that's that's why like it was a revelation to me. I'd never worked with it myself. I'd never done anything like this, but I see it work. I see I see the actors work beforehand and I see the actors work afterwards. So yeah. And I always and I always uh we get to a point where actors don't need the masks. You know, it's like it's a tune-up. It gets to the point where mask work is a tune-up as opposed to the full work. And, and, and now in my work, it is, it is still part of the work. Like it's the masks. Are, you really can't do it's, – mm. it's hard. It's just one of those things of like, do you want to be dependent on the mask? But there are certain things that the masks do that nothing else does, and you need you depend yeah. on the masks. <laughs> um, and 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 it's and it's an investment, but it's also <laughs> you have to think about like your career as an artist. What what are you investing in? You know, the mask makers yeah. is investing in an actor's training book more important than investing in a mask. For me, it was both. Um, and that's why I have over 300 masks in my collection, you know, and, <laughs> and that's why I moved to Asia so I could be closer to the mask makers, <laughs> you know, um, but that's my journey. Uh, but the, one of the, one of the greatest ways to train an understanding of the actor's image is through mask work because masks, um, require the body to change in order for the mask to come alive. And the very basic elements of mask training is when you have something on your face, you have to alter your body so that the mask comes alive. So it's almost like you're not wearing a mask. So the, the animation of the body animates the mask. But that animation of the body pushes the actor's um, habitual way of using the body to the side because a mask will ask you to do things that you don't do normally in your everyday life, like run around the room, like put your hands up in the air and shake your hands, like run and hug someone, <laughs> like scream really loud, like laugh hysterically and run around the room, like sing a song while dancing to it. Um, well, the, the, the possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless. But the mask acts as a filter into the spirit of who we are as human beings. So it's a very clear, specific quality of you that gets to be released and expressed through the mask. And the more you do it, the freer your body becomes. And those areas that get expressed, uh, you have access to them. 
And then it builds into other exercises that don't uh, use masks. Then you can start working with other senses. But you've opened up the part of your brain that says, oh, I know what this feels like to incorporate an image. Incorporating the image of the mask. So that's one really surefire, quick fire way to get into the actor's imagination. But you also have to train the body to be open up, open and available to being able to receive whatever the mask wants to wants to wants to do. So you have to train the body and get the body moving in all kinds of ways before you put the mask on. Because if the if you're not if the body's not warm and understanding that it can move any way it wants to, when the mask wants to go in a direction, the body hasn't been awakened to to be able to move through those channels. This is why the spine is so important. It's the it's the connector to all the information to your whole body. So you have to really uh, get the spine open and moving and flexible. You are as old as your back is flexible. You are as expressive as your back is bendable, malleable. I feel and old. So these concepts of understand, well, you said it. <laughs> my, my, my back feels very old. Yeah. Well, it looks like we need to do a Fitzmorris session. At another time. Fitzmorris, Alexander, Krutowski, I'll take whatever it takes. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll schedule a session. We'll schedule a session. Get some. Get the rest of the COVID out of your lungs. Mm. Get you into your back. And I'll give you some exercises so you can feel. You can feel like you can move. Mm. Yes. It'll go very, oh my, like, like, uh, 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 what's that? What's that um, film with... Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, um, Greece. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? This, this is this is the this is the game show right here. <laughs> you know the, the um, with the the um. What's his name? What's his name? You know what's the, his name? Adina Nazel, the one who mispronounces uh, um, Adina Nazel, Adina Adina Nazin. John Travolta. So John Travolta, John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis, when they're doing aerobics, and Jamie Lee Curtis is teaching the aerobics class. I don't know this movie. And she's got her hands on her hips, and they're both like, he's got his hands on his hips, and they're both like, thrust, the thrusting, and looking at each other, and thrusting, and thrusting. I don't know this movie. Well, that's going to be an exercise I'm going to have you do to get you into your spine. <laughs> thrusting? Yes, I'm going to have you thrusting. <laughs> the name of the movie is called Perfect. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Everyone, look at the memes of that because there's there's tons of memes with them. Actually, I even have I even have a meme on my Instagram, Miller Booty. This film has 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a yeah. classic. <laughs> but then but then when we're looking at images, like you need to start collecting images as well. Like, for example, I've got this really wonderful image here 
that I've been keeping next to me that's been keeping me in my zen place. Do you want to see it? Oh, is that a puppy? <laughs> yeah, look at him. It's an old dog. The dog in the sun. And he's just like chilling. That's cool. That's good. And that that's that's a really nice image for me. So Adam, incorporate this image. Let's incorporate this image. Let's see how it affects you in the podcast. I mean, I feel like I'm an old dog in the sun all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. I <laughs> That's a good, good breathing. Life. That'd be a good yeah. life to have. That'd be a good life to have as a dog, just be in the sun. Yeah. Just the eyes closed, just yeah. sniffing. Yeah. Yeah. Just smelling the smells, having just things brought to you, just having food brought to you. We we pass dogs. I mean, there's so many dogs here in Cairo, and they are just they're all just in the street all the time, everywhere. But we were walking. Uh, we were walking today, and there was just a pile of, of dirt, of sand, in kind of like in the road or in the median. And there was just a dog who just kind of like burrowed into it a little bit. And he was just laying there, eyes closed, snout in the wind. And, you know, as we always do whenever we see a dog, hey, puppy, you know, however, however old the dog is. And the dog just like opened, creaked open an eye and just kind of, you know, gave us a what, what's up and just kept on... Lay in there in the sun. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. See, y'all, that's how an image works, y'all. You see how Adam changed? He's not so mean. <laughs> so grumpy anymore. <laughs> He's not so grumpy anymore. <laughs> he just needs to find now, his old dog now with, in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, with this, because I've, 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 I've seen you come in with your giant plastic bag of of images and you've given them to actors and things like that i remember it's, i remember that so i've got several plastic bags now so now there's several plastic bags and i have i have now another bag that it goes into do you but do you suggest in terms of because i know that i know that i've done this in my rehearsal i've seen your rehearsal rooms as well do you ask actors to bring in images to put up onto the walls of the rehearsal room or is this something for oh, them oh yeah well, it depends. You have two. You have two worlds. You have you have images for yourself that you don't want to share, that you want to keep that that bubble nice and hot and boiling inside of you. But then you have uh, you have company images, like for the world and the atmosphere of the place. So you put them up, you know, of the character and how you want how you see the character and how everyone sees the character. And you put the, mm-hmm. you put the images up of how you how the company sees the world in which they're performing. You know, so then as you're rehearsing, they begin to program the images into the world. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. But it's 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 kind of like being both the explorer and the farmer. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, the actors that I work with, they do both. They know when it's time to till the soil, but they also know when it's time to, to leave the land be and go find another resting place. Well, it's that thing that we were talking about last week, right? The reification where 
going into that unknown space so that you can come back to where you were before and preach on it, you know, to witness, yeah. to give, to give story of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just constantly keep going exploring. That's, that's not fun. That's not, that's just rehearsal. And yeah, rehearsal is exactly. not art. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta water the water the the seeds that you've planted, mm. so that they grow into something. And I think the reason why the reason why I think that the actors that I train are both explorers and 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 farmers is they they explore where the where the land is best, and then they plant a seed, and then they watch watch the seed explore its environment. Mm. So the growth is an improvisation. Development is an improvisation. Incorporating an image is an improvisation. You never want to feel like you're gonna, it's going to be exactly the same every single time you're doing it. But you want to have a craft that, that allows you to be really accurate, but still feel free and improvisational in what you're doing. I was watching... I, I, Mm. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go. No, go. Ahead. What were you watching? Watching? What were you watching? I was watching. I was watching last night. Um, Heat. Do you remember this movie, Heat? In, With, from the eighties? No, it's from the know, early two thousands, maybe. With Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer. I don't remember it. It's it's a uh, uh, Robert De Niro is a. He has a crew. They're bank robbers. Al Pacino is a detective trying to hunt them down. It's the only time that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro have been in a movie together and have scenes together. Directed by Michael Mann. Interest. Anyway. Oh. And I was thinking. Yeah. It's, it's, was it it's good? a good film. It's, it's a really good film. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy it. Um, but I was watching them and they have two very, very different styles. I mean, Al Pacino is basically... He's always played that same character. But I think back I think back to watching him in Godfather, and then that was that's how we were introduced to Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And then ever since it's just been this other character that he's been rehashing and playing every single time. And then Robert De Niro is actually a little bit of a chameleon. I mean, he's gotten stuck playing these kind of roles, but like if you think about Cape Fear, and then he played Heat. And then he was Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver. Like, there is a bit of a chameleon to him in that respect. And it was, it was just interesting to see those two styles together of... And I, I started to think of, like, you know, there's not one better than the other in terms of, like, is it better to just be the farmer, Al Pacino just keeps tilling that same field, or to be the explorer who's constantly being more of a chameleon and changing things up so that you, he, he's not, you know, Robert De Niro is not playing the same role that he played last time. And I'm just thinking like, I'm not an actor. Is it interesting to play the same kind of thing and go deeper with it? Or is it more interesting to not play the same thing ever again? And what images do you need to be able to do that? I think... I mean, there's that. That's that's when you're looking at uh, 
practice and philosophy of what acting is and what feels right to the actor. Yeah. I mean, you have the same. Have you watched um, King Richard? No, not yet. We missed it in the movie theater here. I well, wanted to see it, though. King Richard, for example. Um, um, Ingenue. The actress Ingenue. What's her last name? Ingenue. Oh, she plays the mother. Oh, my goodness. Um, she was in Lovecraft. Well, Ingenue. She's... she's when she, and, and in Lovecraft, she's incredible. You saw Lovecraft? She was the mother, yeah. who then gets the ability to travel in space and time. Anjanu Ellis. Yes, Anjanu Ellis. Thank you, Anjanu Ellis. She's she's amazing. Like she steals the film. She's amazing, and she is in the world. Will Smith is performing for an Academy Award. Yeah. And there isn't any vulnerability unless it's an Academy Award scene moment for vulnerability. The uh, transformation or the uh, embodiment of who of who he was, who the real person was, is not there. You know, Will Smith has, and look, y'all, I love Will Smith, and I respect him at a yeah, very yeah. high level. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and he he's 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 amazing. He's an amazing human being, and he is an amazing artist to for what he does. But for for this role, the, the like the the in, the inner life and the image, the actor's image. Is not strong to where my to where my brain wants to flip into. Oh, this is not Will Smith. This is Richard. Right. This is Richard Williams. Yeah. Oh, and when you see the real person, they're literally moving the the energetic direction of their inner life is in two different directions. The original person, his energy is so deeply grounded inside the earth, like inside the earth. And Will is like bouncy, like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and that's his natural, that's his natural playful energy. Right. And it, and it bleeds through whatever he does. It bleeds through whatever he does. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yo, Will, give me a call. I can help you, man. I can help you. I'd be happy to show you some stuff. <laughs> no, seriously, I would love to. Like, and and, and on this while we're on this on this on this um, talking about this, I want to work with. I also want to work with. Um, uh, what is her name? Uh, from Orange Is the New Black, the uh, trans actress, Laverne Cox. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like she's trapped in this the, the binary of the imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy that she doesn't allow herself to fully be seen because she's she's portraying um, she's like it's like this obligation of portraying uh, femininity when when her characters are asking her to go to some really um, vulnerable places, and so it becomes one level. 
And there's there's no penetration in, in the work. So y'all, give me a call. Laverne, call me. Will, call me. <laughs> I will help you out. I will be happy to share my work with you. <clears throat> um, on that note, I think we should probably take a break. <laughs> and come erect some provocations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a break. Yeah. And- Take that, take that phone call from Will real quick that your phone is taking. Yeah, taking yeah. yeah. Will, give me a call. I'll help you, baby. I'll help you. I promise. <laughs> um, so either Purple Planet or Jack will take this away. Purple yes. Planet or Jack. <laughs> take it away. Oh, take it away. So, Adam, yes. Do you have any provocations? I do. I do. So, oh yeah. So, um, in thinking about, I, I do this every single semester when I'm thinking about teaching and planning my 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 stuff out. And there's this theory that you may have heard of called VARK, V A R K. And it's the it's Vark. What's that? It's it's the thought that there are four different styles of learners: visual, Ooh. auditory, read write, and kinetic, kinesthetic. And so the 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 problem that we as teachers get into, and the problem that students get into, is that maybe the teacher is a visual learner, and all of the lesson plan, all of the teaching is done in a visual way, but the student is a read write learner. And they need that kind of read-write to actually learn to get those things. Or they're an auditory learner, and everything is a kinesthetic, physical learning. Um, mm. So to try and try and make your lesson plans, trying to do, do your teaching where it covers all of it, where, where it's not just 100% in one, but you try to find, sprinkle in ways to where you can do that. But there is uh, a behavioral... Um, psychologist named uh, Howard Gardner, who actually says it's not okay. it's not four styles of learning. He says there's actually ten intelligences. What? Yeah. So um, eight of them. Eight of what are they? So I'm gonna I'm gonna read them out here, and, and I'll I'll link all this in the show notes as well. But um, there are ten intelligences. He 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 knows for sh- he knows for sure. He's proven that there are eight, and he thinks that there's ten. So I'm just gonna. Do the, the, the eight. Uh, there is the spatial, visual. So visualizing in the world in 3D. So these are the, the, the visual learners who need to see things, who need to, you know, the images or actually images. There are the uh, linguistic. So finding the right words to express what you mean. So um, hearing is a part of the, is the part of that linguistic thing. The read, write is part of that. Um, there is the, there's the bodily kinesthetic still coordinating your mind with your body. So needing to physically do something I need to have hands on actually doing the thing before I understand it. 
Um, and then he says that there's, there's things that we're not thinking of as intelligence. And of course, as soon as I say it, you'll be like, well, right, of course, why haven't we thought of that? Music as an intelligence. Mm-hmm. Music has its own logic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so obviously... Uh, musical learning. I know Jack loves that is, one. Is, is learning I know as well. Jack and thinking also about been, logic, Jack logical, mathematical, quantifying things, hypotheses, up. proving them. So scientific thinking is obviously another one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then there's naturalist, understanding living things and reading nature. So um, this is something that has has just been okay, so kind that of one, that's proven and, and looked at recently. The naturalist <laughs> be understanding that we are connected organisms in a biome, um, and that there's cause and effect in what is done mm. to our environment. Um, and then there is interpersonal, which I think we're all dealing with now, uh, sensing people's feelings and motives, reading body expressions. Uh, which social media takes away from us in a lot of ways because we are disconnected and we are inferring a lot of what's happening. And then there's intrapersonal, understanding yourself, what you feel and what you want. Mm-hmm. So those are the eight. There's, there's, uh, there's two more you can go look at. We, everybody, everybody should do a little bit of them. Obviously, we, we want to be able to do a lot of them, but your brain um, I, tends I, I, to. I feel like what he says I is your brain tends to gravitate one. toward logic more, more than. I don't work for logic. One more than the other. It's kind of like the love languages. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a present, but I need words. But you know, don't touch me. It's it's a little bit of little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, um, those kind of things. But I was just thinking in terms of how we were talking about images for an actor. Um, and how we how you have defined images not having to be visual, it's great for an actor, a director, a writer, any kind of person to understand how they learn, how do they interact in the world, and to, it's not a one size fits all. So if you are not a visual learner, what is your learning style? What is your intelligence? And can you incorporate incorporate that into your training, into your acting, into your learning a role can you can you figure out what that learning that intelligence is and find your way of working with an image quote unquote image so that's my provocation look look into his work i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to include that in the show notes and um and figure out how you interact with the world i love that i love that I'm going to add on to that. When you figure that out, start collecting those images for yourself. When we're talking about images, we're talking about actors' images. We're talking about what creates behavior. So when you figure out through those lists what is strongest for you, start gathering different ways of sensing and creating behavior for yourself in those worlds. So start collecting music, collect flowers, collect. It's about presence. It's about it's like about I have uh, collect an um, inner journey. I mean, what, you know, there's that. That's an, that's it. I don't know. I'm not. An, I don't have an interpersonal <laughs> learning. That's yeah, yeah. 
I think, well, the, I think that in a journey, well, then there we go. That's the, that's the journaling that we were talking about before, like mm-hmm. archiving those, those inner, the inner journey, you know, and going back to the inner journey to, to remember what it, those senses feel like. But the key is you need to make sure that it's creating behavior. Mm-hmm. You need to, yeah. is it creating behavior? You know, is it an idea or are you actually feeling changed by these, um, the sensations you're getting or are you blocking them off? You know, because ultimately you want them to be leading you through the world um, as you are working. Yes, yes, so Will Smith, you can our, you can go to um, speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. We know that any of these people and how can Will Smith actually know Will Laverne Smith doesn't go there. All of you, all of you go to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Speakpipe.com backslash theater of others, all one word. You can leave a 90 second voicemail there. We'll play it on air. We'll listen to it. We'll respond back to you. You can send us a provocation back. If you're Will Smith, you can go to podcast at theater of others and you can leave us a message there because you don't want your your 90 second voicemail to come on the air because you're trying to get some private acting lessons from Booty. Uh, We also, we are also on social media at, uh, that's right. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We have our own website. You can contact us on all those yeah. places on the gram, on Train LinkedIn, actors will travel. on Clubhouse, <laughs> on Wisdom, on. No, we're not on Clubhouse. That it, that that fell through. Mm, we're on the gram. I don't think anybody's on Clubhouse. Are we on LinkedIn? Think... <laughs> Nobody's on Clubhouse. <laughs> we're on Clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It did fall through. It didn't. That's right. That's right. That's right. Nobody's on Clubhouse. Nobody's on Clubhouse. (laughs) But you have to subscribe, 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 subscribe. Sometimes meander. What's going on with us? Like we we release podcasts once a week. So Mm. join Mm. the party. Join the party and listen to us. You know, meander. That's right. And say some really intense, deep, life changing stuff. And if you like it, you got to do what my Uber driver does. You got to give us five star, five star. I, I give you five star, you give me five star, five star. We provide a <laughs> bottle of water and some sweets. Yeah. For your listening mm, pleasure. Yes. Yes. Sugar free, of course. Sugar free, of course. <laughs> Individually wrapped, COVID safe. <laughs> with gloves. Mm-hmm. Yes, with fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to see you, Adam. You too. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> give Fan my love. She's asleep, but I'll give her your love tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you won't you don't want her to touch you. If you wake her up, she'll touch you and then you'll never be able to go to sleep. That's right. Exactly. Leave me alone. I want to go to sleep. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want your wife touching you when you're trying to sleep. Mm-mm, gross. <laughs> and for the rest of y'all we'll be back next week bye thanks for joining us this week on the theater brothers podcast make sure to visit our website theaterbrothers.org where you can subscribe to the show in itunes stitcher or via rss so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too a special thank you to Purple Planet for the music you've heard. The Theatre of Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. 
We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task and requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Be sure to tune in next week for our next journey.